Anyway, uh, I'm so thankful uh, that we get to hear uh, Dr. Ray this morning. Him and his wife, Christy, um, are part of an amazing opportunity for all of us. And that is the ICM. Um, and what that is, is an opportunity for us not only to get an education, but also learn how to use our talents and our blessings that God has given us, our gifts uh, for the furtherance of the kingdom. Uh, I've gotten to know Dr. Ray um, a little bit more personally um, back in February, and it was just an amazing experience to see how this man's talk aligns with what he actually walks day to day. And so I'm going to welcome both of them to the stage um, and just just be ready because God's going to do some amazing things. Hey, how y'all doing? My wife had a special song she wanted to sing for you. Just uh, Do you want him to leave? <laughs> Early? No, I just wanted to say we're so glad to be here. We love this church. We love the church body. We've gotten to know so many of you through the years. And um, just see what God is doing in this house. Um, and in your individual lives. So it is such a joy to be a part of it. So thank you for letting us come back again. What about the song? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. My wife makes a joyful noise. Okay. <laughs> when we got married, she was singing a song to me one day, and she said, don't you just love this song? I said, yeah, could you tell me what it is? Because I, I didn't quite recognize it. Um, something about the key that wasn't there or something, I don't know. Um, Anyway, thank you. I'm very blessed to be here again. I love this little church. It's not really little. I love this church. Amen. And uh, very honored to be a friend of Pastor Keith, you know, for years. And uh, thank you, Dr. Forrest and Lisa, so much. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're our campus directors for International College of Ministry. If you're not familiar with it, we've had a number of graduates from Liberty Church. But we're an online, and we also do some classes here, an online, spirit-filled, accredited uh, seminary Bible college. And we have degrees in ministry, theology, Christian counseling. We have a lot of Christian counseling majors here um, and prophetic ministry. And you work online on your own schedule, your own time. They say, well, when do your classes start? So they run 24 hours a day whenever you want to take them. They're waiting for you. Um, and you, it's affordable. Um, it's just, it's like, why not get a college degree? As a matter of fact, just recently, uh, the U.S. Navy accepted one of our, accepted our degree and uh, hired a chaplain from us and we've had some pretty um, amazing amazing things happen um, and so a college degree is really good it also gives you a little credibility for your witness it teaches you it equips you it trains you there's a lot of reasons to do it uh, but just brochures on the back all you do is you go to the website icmcollege.org hit the application button I'll send you a letter by email that tells you everything you need to do to get started we have a full staff that'll help you it's easy to do it's fun to do and Dr. Forrest and both Lisa both did it, and uh, it's just, it's, it's good. Anyway, it's my baby, and I love it. So thank you so much for having us. You know, I was thinking um, about God as I was just meditating a little bit during praise and worship. Praise and worship was awesome, by the way. Thank you. That drummer was really good. I couldn't even see him, but, man, <laughs> he was boogieing down. And the keyboard player, wow. It's like I couldn't, I couldn't find them, but, man, they were good. They were good. They were, they were, so they were humble where you couldn't even see them. 
know what I'm saying? It was really good. Don't know about the rest of the band, but th that keyboard player and the drummer, wow, just outstanding. It was almost like they were recorded or something. It was just it was so good, okay? Okay, I'll be good. I'm sorry. So I was thinking about God. This is, let me tell you, everything starts with God. Is that right? So sometimes I think we don't understand who God is. God is our creator. But one thing we need to understand about God is he's also perfect. He's, per he's absolute perfection, and we're not. And God, there's a numerous scriptures that tell us that God is a judge. He's not just an ordinary judge. He's a perfect, perfect, holy, righteous judge. And so then this God, who is a lawgiver, has a law that says the wages of sin, the price of sin is death. So that's the law. So we got a problem. How do we have a relationship with God who's perfect and righteous and a judge? And we're guilty. We're guilty. We are, all of us have sinned, right? There's no perfect, we've all sinned. So we're guilty. And you cannot have a relationship with perfect holiness, a, a perfect being, he's perfect being, when you're not perfect. You cannot do it. And so there is a problem, and I like to talk to my students about this. And I ask my students this question. How could God cancel our sin and still be a holy, righteous judge? Because seriously, if he just said, okay, I, I know, Forrest, I know you did it, and I'm just going to forgive you. Well, that's not being a righteous judge. You know, that's a partial judge. So how can God still be holy and righteous and a perfect judge of the universe and cancel our sin? I mean, like, what a problem. How can he, because we're all guilty. And if you're guilty, he's a judge. you got to do the crime. You did the crime, you got to do the time, right? So we're all guilty. How could God cancel the sin? And so he said, well, Jesus. Well, the key to it is Jesus. And the key to it is G God did not murder his son. God did not send Jesus to the cross. Jesus voluntarily went to the cross. And because Jesus was willing to give his life for us, God was able to cancel our sin and still be holy and still be righteous. And the reason I say that is because we need to really appreciate that every day. Jesus voluntarily matter of fact, Jesus was talking to Pilate, and we're going to talk about that in the sermon today. He said, nobody can take my life from me. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to raise it up. He didn't have to be crucified. He even told the Romans, he said, you know what, you're not going to be able to crucify me unless I let you do it. Because if I don't, if I, if I decide I don't want to do this, I'll bring several legions of angels. They'll just take you out. But Jesus voluntarily gave his life. Therefore, God, our righteous and holy judge, could cancel our sin. He could forgive us. And it's something we should be grateful for and appreciative for all the time, all the time. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. I gave all my corny jokes out to, to the last service, so I'm kind of out. I mean, I got a few left, but I don't know. Some of them bear repeating, I think. But, you know, they, are you going to leave because the jokes are the bad on them? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know how bad it is yet. I even told you. I do like my, my breakfast story. And Christy got, she could say, I'm kind of corny in the morning. The earlier it is, the worse I am. I'm kind of corny. Matter of fact, sometimes she says, Ray, I'm going to give you 30 minutes and you're going to have to behave. Just 30 minutes in the morning. And so the other day I said, well, um, what about my breakfast puns? She says, no more breakfast puns. I said, well, why can't I do any breakfast puns, honey? She said, because if you do another breakfast pun, you're going to be toast. I said, okay, I won't do it. <laughs> 
Thank you. A couple people over there caught that. Okay. Over people over here are going, please just don't do that again. Okay. <laughs> so in John 18, 37, therefore, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I, got to do my, I forgot to plug my books. I've got to plug my books. I only got six left. But I have two books on the back table back there in the foyer. One's called Hear His Voice, Be His Voice, which is how do you know when God's talking to you and how do you respond to it? How do you know for sure that's God talking or maybe it's just your imagination? And what do you do with the voice of God? And there's a whole book about it. It's a very interesting read. The other book is a book I wrote maybe about eight years ago called Redeeming Your Past and Finding Your Promised Land. I want to tell you something. You've been created for a purpose. You've been created for a purpose. Everybody's got a promised land. And until you find your promised land, you're not going to be happy. Not, not really fully successful. Your promised land is the place God's called you to be, doing what you were created to do. But there's a forces. There's forces that are trying to stop you. We have issues. We have demonic schemes that try to stop us. So redeeming your past is how to get over everything from your past, overcome your obstacles, and get into what God's called you to do. And it's a very practical book. It's got a lot of testimonies in there. And so that we got about three of those left in the back and three of the other ones left in the back. They're $10 a piece. Or my Alabama special, Roll Tide, two for 25 <laughs> You would be surprised how many people are taking me up on that. Amen. I, start, you know, I got so excited when they took the two for 25 I started doing three for 40 <laughs> And, you know, they, they, they caught on to that one. Two for 25 they couldn't understand it. They said, oh, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. It sounds good, you know. I did one, too. I said, you know, buy one, you know, buy one, um, get Keith Hodges' book for free. Okay. <laughs> do that. that. That's worked out pretty good, too. Amen. Amen. So, uh, John 18, 37. Jesus was before Pilate. Therefore, Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born. And for this I come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So Jesus said, I came to testify of the truth. And if you are of the truth, you hear his voice. How many are of the truth? Are you of the truth? Who is the truth? Jesus. And we have to be of the truth. Amen. Because if you are of the truth of God and you're a member of that club, so to speak, you've been born again, you're of the truth, then you can hear the voice of God. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And so what this sermon is about, this is called the truth. You should know the truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. Amen. I like this talk about the, you remember the Tom Cruise movie when he's playing the Navy lawyer and you got uh, Jack Nicholson on the witness stand and uh, you know Tom Cruise is giving him a hard time and, and he says I want the truth and Jack Nicholson he's plays the Marine Colonel and Jack Nicholson goes uh, you want the truth son you want the truth and Tom Cruise goes yeah I want the truth and Jack Nicholson goes you say you want the truth. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? You want the truth? And Tom Cruise goes, yes, I want the truth. And then Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. And then he ends up being, you know, court-martialed. But, okay, amen. <laughs> I just always think about that. And listen, that has zero to do with the sermon. But it is good bonus material, okay? And I thought you needed some some levity, and you needed a little trivia to kind of wake you up, okay? Because the coffee's probably wearing off about this time. All right? Okay, coffee's only good for about 20 minutes, and you've got to have some more. So then, verse eight, John 18, verse 38. Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? This is a question that the world asks. What is the truth? What is the truth? And 
today in our world, the world is always seeking truth. And this is what, to me, is amazing, is there's thousands of truths out there. Everybody's got the Democrats. They have the truth, right? The Republicans, they have the truth. Fox News has the truth. CNN has got the truth. Maybe it's the BBC. Maybe they got the truth. I don't know. I don't know. How about COVID? Was it not hard trying to find the truth during the COVID pandemic or whatever it was? Was it a pandemic? Did it come from China? Do you need to get vaccinated? Should you not get, get vaccinated? Oh, no, the vaccine will make it worse. No, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. If you wear the mask, it's going it's to, you're just breathing in germs. And, but, but if you don't wear a mask, you can't come to church. And there were so many voices out there. You're, I mean, I would like, what the heck is the truth? Somebody give me the truth here. I mean, what is it? Is it vaccine? Is it, is it mask? Is it come to church? Don't come to church. You know, stay six feet away. I mean, I was, I was, it was confusing. Amen. But Jesus said, I'm going to cut to the chase. Do you want to know the truth? I am the truth. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the absolute truth. See, there is an absolute truth that we can live by. There is a truth that will set you free. There's a truth that we need to know. Amen. The world has a thousand different truths. Who, who, what are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? And everybody thinks they got the truth, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if you say it's this way, well, what about this person? Even in the Bible, people are arguing truths all the time. Who are you going to believe? You need to believe Jesus. You need to believe Jesus. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So here's Jesus. He comes, the word, the word is Jesus. The word came to us, and Jesus is full of grace and truth. Now, I've been telling you, you need to know the truth, right? We need the truth. You, we need somebody to tell me the truth. You need to hear the truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God, amen? But Jesus did more than the truth. He was full of grace and truth. You see, the truth alone is not enough. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to tell you the truth. How many times have you told people the truth and they get mad at you? They will get mad at you because the truth without grace can be legalism. The truth without grace can be harsh. The truth without grace can hurt you. But if you love people unconditionally, if you care about people, and you love them the way God loves them, they'll hear your truth, amen? You see, grace is unconditional love. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Jesus loves us unconditionally. I've been talking about unconditional love. To me, there's three types of love. There's three types of love. I love you if. I love you because. Or I love you, period. Period. There's no ifs. There's no because. I love you, no strings attached. And that's the love of Jesus. I love you. I don't love you because of what you did or what you didn't do. I don't love you if you do this, if you don't do this. I love you, period. And nothing can separate you from that love, period. Now that I love you, period, you know that I love you and you've received my love. Let me tell you some truth. And you see, when you mix grace and love, with truth, people will hear you. In my church, we got an expression. It's called care before correction. If people don't know you care about them, you can't correct them. Amen? And there's a lot of truth out there that people have been speaking. It's kind of mean sometimes. Sometimes as Christians, we beat people over the head with the Bible. Let me tell you the truth. But if you don't show them love, amen? I saw some Jehovah's Witness at the airport uh, flying up here, and I just oh, I almost stopped. We were kind of trying to get up through security, but Maybe I should have stopped because I just want to share truth with him. I just want to, I, mean, I, I want to tell him, guys, you're in a cult. <laughs> you're in a bad cult, okay? And, and the stuff that they're telling you 
is, is scripture out of context, and, and uh, your church is not going to save you, amen, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he's not, and, and this, is, this is the way, and I want to share truth to them, but you know what, that wouldn't have worked, but perhaps if I'd have gone up and said, hey, how you doing, you know, it's good to see you, what's your name, it shows some concern for them, so, hey, I'm Ray Self, I'm a pastor, I really, really am concerned about you, and maybe love on them just a little bit, amen, let them know that maybe I care about them, and I'm concerned about them, then we can speak some truth that they would receive. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus was full of grace and truth. You shall know the truth. Then we see again in John 1, 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. You see, again, truth without grace can be legalistic, and legalism brings shame and condemnation. I mean, there's a lot of truths out there that are, that are true. You see, a lot of people think because I'm right, I have a right. Because I'm right, I have the right to tell you. Because you're right. Let me tell you what God did to me. I used to think that. I used to think I was right about everything. I knew what was best for you and you and you. I knew what everybody needed to be doing. I was probably a pretty irritating guy. I really thought, I would, and see, I had this thinking, well, because I'm right, I have the right to tell you what to do. Because I'm right. And the Lord spoke to me. Literally, I'm, I'm walking a hallway of a church. I'll never forget it. And he said, Ray, because you're right does not give you a right. And then I realized I was trying to control people with my rightness. I thought I had the right to tell people whatever I should, wanted to tell them because I was right. I mean, it, I'm sure I was a pretty irritating guy at that point because I knew what was best. I knew what was best because I know what's best. You can do what I tell you to do. There's words that uh, I've, I've used to do a lot. Well, I still do a lot of counseling. There's some words I've heard people say, I just pray that God would take these words out of the dictionary. What words are those? Should, and you need to. You should do this. You need to do this. Because those are actually kind of controlling words. You know, what's better maybe is to say, you know what, this is what I would do. If I, were in your, if, I would, if I was in your position, this is what I would do. I said, you need to quit doing that. You need to quit pulling for Alabama. You know that they're overrated. <laughs> you know that coach, Nick Satan. I mean, Saban. <laughs> Roll over, Tide. Roll over. Roll over. Anyway, that's not the truth. That's just me. Okay. I want to talk to you about the truth. Nothing but the truth still help you, God. This is what this is about. And you see, when we get legalistic about things, and we're just going to tell people the truth, and we get harsh. Have you ever been around just a harsh, legalistic Christian? You ever been around a harsh, legalistic church? You know what, they, you know what you come out feeling like when you're around a harsh, legalistic church? You will come out of that church feeling condemnation and shame. You'll start feeling guilty. You don't even know why you're feeling guilty. I, I went to church, I feel guilty. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm feel condemned. Because they hit you with this truth, 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 truth. There was no love in it. Just truth, truth. They beat you over the head with the Bible. There was no love. There was no concern. And you just really don't want to come back. And let me tell you something. Shame and condemnation is not from God. Not ever, not ever, not ever. When you feel shame, guilt, and condemnation, that's not God. Jesus died on the cross and took our shame. He died on the cross and took our condemnation. He died on the cross and took our guilt. And God will never, ever, ever, ever put guilt, shame, or condemnation back upon you. He will not try, God will not undo what Jesus did. If Jesus took it to the cross, it don't belong to you. Amen? 
It does not belong to you. There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. So there's no shame. There's no condemnation. But we need to know truth. And we need to know love. We have to have truth. We have to have love. We have to have truth and we have to have love. John 4, 24, God is a spirit. Those that, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We worship God in the truth. Amen. Today, I, and I really, I've saw both, both times, both churches, uh, both campuses of the same church. Excuse my terminology here. Amen. Although this is the best campus, right? Okay. This is, this is the shining star campus, right? I mean, Holly Pond, I mean, so campfires like a branch of Holly Pond. Is that right? It's a big branch. Got a lot of property. Amen. Got some stinky chickens right next door to it, too. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so that, that branch of Holly Pond over there in Aram. I'm sorry, Forrest. Well, somebody's got to be the head. Maybe it should be Holly Pond. That's all I'm saying. Amen. I'm just trying to build you guys up here. Okay. But we worship God in spirit and truth. And I saw that up here with the worship team. The spirit was flowing, right? And they were singing words that were truth. And so what was really going on, you were seeing spirit and truth all during worship. Because the words, hail, hail, you know, Lion of Judah, you, you were seeing that. You were seeing the truth in what were the words were saying. And the music was truth, but there was a spirit behind it. And that's, I think, what Jesus was talking about. We worship with our spirit because God is a spirit. But we worship the truth with truth with truth because Jesus is the truth. And you have to do that to get to him. Amen? So in John 14, 6, this, I'm, I'm making, I haven't got to my point yet, but I'm going to get there. Amen? I will get there. I might take, you know, do some, you know, roundabout way. I mean, I haven't done any Ole Miss jokes. I'm an Ole Miss guy. Hotty toddy. All right, Ole Miss. Any Ole Miss people here? Not too many in the state of Alabama. Amen. I've got one, one and a half. So my wife's sort of halfway Ole Miss. She's also kind of a, you know, and she cheers for UCF. And, and uh, yeah, I, I went to the University of Memphis. Took her to a football game once. It was uh, Memphis and UCF, University of Central Florida. There's my wife sitting on the stands cheering for both teams. I said, Christy, you cannot cheer for both teams. She said, well, yeah, I can. I mean, like UCF has scored. Christy go, yay. Memphis will score. Christy go, yay. I said, stop it, honey. You cannot. You got to make it. When you're at a football game, you cannot cheer both teams. I mean, you got you to make a choice. And I, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it's just sort of a pet peeve. I just wanted to get this across to her, okay? You can't cheer both ways. It's Ole Miss or Alabama. It's not both. But I told the other church, I said, listen, guys, if Ole Miss beats Alabama, that changes the history of the school. It's like, it's like a national holiday. It's a big event. But when Alabama beats Ole Miss, it's no big deal. You're supposed to beat them. So what I'm asking is if somebody here, I asked, I asked the church over, the, you know, the, your other branch over there in Arab, the little branch over there, I asked them if, if anybody here knows Nick Saban, would you ask him just to give us a break this year? Because it, it doesn't mean anything to Alabama if they beat Ole Miss. It's no big deal. But it's a big deal for Ole Miss. So if Nick Saban could give us a break, then maybe Ole Miss could be somebody. Think about that, okay? If anybody has any, just let me know if you've got any connections there. Okay. Back on the sermon. I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. I know what I do. <laughs> so <when laughs> John 16, but Jesus said, let's go back. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, Jesus said he is the only way. He is the only way. He's the absolute truth, and he is life. See, in Jesus, there's life, there's no death. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to Father. And it's interesting, and I was just, we were talking about a testimony, and um, this guy, Keith Green, does anybody know, remember Keith Green? Uh, 
Yeah, Keith Green. So I know Keith Green. Well, he was kind of the forerunner of modern contemporary praise and worship. And I heard an interview with him just recently, and they were asking him how he came to know Jesus. And he said, well, I, I liked, I've tried all kinds of religions. I tried all kinds of religions. And he said, I, I tried Buddhism. And he said, I noticed that Buddhism acknowledged Christ. I mean, he said, they didn't really worship him, but they acknowledged him. Amen. And I tried Hinduism. And he said, I noticed that the Hindus actually acknowledge Jesus. They don't worship him, but they, they acknowledge him. And he said, then I tried being a Muslim. And he said, the Muslims believe Jesus was a great prophet. And so all these other religions kind of acknowledge Jesus. But then when I looked at Christianity, Jesus didn't acknowledge any of them. He said, I'm the only way. So he said, these other religions kind of acknowledge Jesus, but Jesus didn't recognize any of them. He said, well, maybe Jesus is the only way. And he was. And Jesus did not, acknowledge, Jesus did not say, well, you can get to heaven if, if you do this, if you try this, if you do that. He said, no, I am the only way. I am the only way because, see, God is holy and righteous, and I am the way because I'm going to give my life. I'm going to sacrifice my life. I'm going to give up my life for you. I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again on the third day. I am the only way. I am the only way you will ever get to God, the only way, and I am the Son of God. Did Jesus, did somebody, well, Jesus didn't say he was God. Yes, he did. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus announced he was God. He was God. He was the true Son of God. And he was the way and the truth and the life. And he's the only way to God. And he's the absolute truth. He's the absolute truth. And John 8, 32, key scripture for the day. Here's the key point. You will know and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth is Jesus Christ. And that truth, that truth of Jesus Christ will make you free. Free from what? Free from depression. Free from oppression. Free from financial struggles. Free from disease. Free your marriage. Free your children. Let me tell you something. There's a truth in Christ for every situation you're going through. Whatever you're going through, the truth will set you free. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're struggling with some family members under addiction. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe you're struggling with a, a obsessions. Whatever the struggle is, whatever the issue is, whatever the problem is, there is a truth that will set you free. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. If you know the truth, and the word know in the Bible means to be intimately associated with. If you are intimately associated with the truth of Jesus Christ, there is an answer for everything in your life. You will know the truth if you're of the truth, because Jesus is the truth, and the truth of Jesus Christ will set you free. He beats addictions. He's greater. You ask the CR people, the CR people, even CR people there. You met Jesus Christ, man, and that truth sets you free. You met Jesus, that truth sets you free. The truth sets you free. The truth, I mean, I, I've been through financial struggles. The truth sets you free. I've had some marriage issues. The truth sets you free. The big issue was I tried to convince my wife that she was wrong and I was right. <laughs> Didn't go so well. I said, well, you have every right to be wrong, Christy. And that didn't go so well either. I said, you know, I, I'm being nice. You have a right to be wrong. I didn't go so well. You know, I said, well, I'm above. You're beneath. She didn't catch that either. I mean, I don't know. You're supposed to call me master. That's what Sarah did to Abraham. That didn't work out either. Amen. I remember one day, I like to tell this story, that we were having an argument. And I really was trying to convince her that I was right. And uh, she was wrong. I want to tell you something, folks. That's one of the dumbest things you can do. If you're in an argument with somebody you care about, and you, you say, I'm going to prove that I'm right, and I'm going to prove you're wrong. You know what you're getting ready to do? You're getting ready to kill a relationship. You're getting ready to hurt a relationship. There's four ways people do conflict. This is bonus material. You can write this down. 
Some people will avoid conflict at all costs. Amen? And that doesn't resolve any issues. Some people will appease. They'll, yes, dear, whatever you want. They'll just appease. They're appeasers. Yeah, okay, okay, whatever you want. They're not being honest. They're just appeasing. Then some people are going to fight to win. I'm going to show, by God, I'm going to show you I'm right. I'm going to show you you're wrong. I'm going to prove that I'm right. And I'm going to prove that you're wrong. Well, that just sounds holy. That sounds, that sounds correct. No, that causes a lot of damage because who the heck wants to be the wrong person? I'm going to show you my rightness and show you your wrongness. Who wants to be the wrong person? I tried that with Christy. Ask me how well that went. Amen. But the fourth way you resolve a conflict is you find God. And you find God's answer. And you find what God has to say. Because the truth will set you free. So one day Christy and I are having a, a little disagreement and I'm trying to prove her wrong. And then she started trying to prove me wrong. And we're kind of going back and forth. It's getting a little tense. And all of a sudden my little wife said, Ray, what's the truth? I said, no, but I'm, hold on. I'm trying to convince you of something. I'm trying to show you my correctness. Then she said, she dropped the bomb on me. The bomb. Ray, what's the Holy Spirit telling you? Oh, man. <laughs> what's the Holy Spirit telling you? Yeah. And so we, we prayed. The Spirit of the Lord came in. The truth of God came in. The argument stopped, and we even forgot what we were arguing about. Amen? Because God had an answer. It was greater than we could ever imagine. Amen? Because the truth will set you free. Okay? The truth of God, will, the love of God, the truth of God will set you free. You should know the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. How do you know this? In John 16, 13, I'm going to give you a practical answer. When he, the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. There is a spirit called the Holy Spirit who resides within. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit resides within you. And this Holy Spirit is giving you truth all the time. So how do you know the truth? How do you know the truth? You have the spirit of truth in you. How do you know what you're supposed to do? How do you know how you're to solve this problem? You have the spirit of truth within you. You need to ask the Holy Spirit, how do you know? How do you, what, what, what are you supposed to do? There's an answer for everything. Your finances, your marriage, your children, your addiction, your body, your job, you name it. There's a truth. There is an absolute truth. The truth is Jesus Christ and his spirit lives within you. There is truth that will set you free. There is truth that will set you free. When the truth sets you free, you're not abstaining anymore. Let me tell you something. What a lot of people are doing. Like you, some people in this room are doing this right now. There's things that uh, you want to do, but you're not doing because you're a good Christian man. You're a good Christian woman. You want to you do it, but you're not doing it. You're abstaining from it. Because you're supposed to. Because you're a churchgoer, right? But you're not free. Why? Because you're, you still want to do it. <laughs> but you're not doing it. That's good. But you're not free. You see, when the sun sets you free, you're not abstaining from anything. It's gone. The desire is gone. The need is gone. You're absolutely free. When the sun sets you free, you're not trying not to do drugs. You're not trying not to drink. You're not trying not to lust. You're not trying to, not to do this. You, you can't do that stuff. You're free because the truth will set you free. Jesus will set you free from that where you're not having to abstain from it. It's gone. The desire is gone. There's freedom. In healing, there's freedom. And I like to, I like to tell this story just to, to give you a um, you know, perspective. Years ago, when I was young, I liked to play a lot of sports. I was playing basketball. I was 18 years old. I jumped up for a rebound. I was so far above the rim, it was amazing. 
actually probably about that far above the rim. Okay. I came down, and I heard a pop, and I broke my left foot. Broke my foot. I started to play a little bit more, and the pain almost killed me. So ended up in a cast. A year later, I'm playing basketball again. Went up for a rebound, came down, heard another pop. Broke my right foot. A year later, I'm playing more basketball. See, I'm not really sharp, like I didn't really learn, you know. I broke my left foot again. And then, a little while later, I was actually on the golf course this time. I didn't tell you that far. I stepped in a hole and pulled the ligaments out of my right ankle. And this is just getting really bad. I'm going, what, what's going on here? And my mother is just going, what's wrong with you, boy? You know, what's wrong with you? You're always breaking stuff. So I ended up at a specialist, a bone doctor. And he looked at me, and he said, you want to know why you keep breaking your feet? I said, yeah, well, why do I keep breaking? He said, why do I keep breaking my feet, doc? And he said, well, you, you have Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease. I said, say what? <laughs> Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease. I said, what is that? How do you spell it? C-H-A-C, is it Charcot? C-H-R-A-C, Charcot-Marie-Tooth. Uh, C-H-A-R-C-O-T, dash Marie-Tooth. Well, who are these? He said, those are French scientists who discovered the disease. Well, what is this disease? He said, let me put it to you straight. It's called muscular dystrophy. It's a type of muscular dystrophy, and it hits the lower legs and the feet. I said, well, well, what do I do? And he said, there's nothing you can do. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're going to be crippled. You will end up in a wheelchair, and you'll never walk again. He said, we can try a reconstructive surgery, but I can't guarantee that would work. I said, I have muscular dystrophy, and I'm never going to walk again. Now, at this time, after I've been breaking my bones, I was probably in my 30s. I'm 72 years old now. I was probably in my 30s, maybe mid-30s when I finally got this diagnosis. And what was the truth, though? I read in the Bible some truth that would set me free. I said, I should call on the elders of the church because I'm sick, and they should anoint me with oil and pray for me. And the prayer of, of the faithful will heal me. So I called on the elders of the church, and I said, I want you to anoint me with oil. I want you to pray for my feet. And the elders prayed for me, and they laid their hands on my feet, and they prayed for my feet. And that's been, what's 30, gosh, what's that, almost 40 years. I'm still walking. I'm still, you know why? Because the truth set me free. There was a fact that said I had muscular dystrophy, but there was a truth of Jesus Christ that said by his stripes I'm healed, and if they will anoint me with oil and pray for me, I will be healed. I'm telling you, there's a truth that will set you free for everything in your life. There's a truth of Christ that we have to be truth seekers. We have to seek, get out of your flesh and seek the truth for everything, and you can be free, whatever it is, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. I told this story at the other, you know, what do you call it, the other branch <laughs> earlier. Um, you know, at, I'm president of ICM, and sometimes in ministry, especially in the month of December, things can get really rough financially. This has probably been eight years ago, and uh, I think I remember our checking account, we had about $500 in our checking account. That's all we had. And I got a ministry, and I got people on staff. $500 in our checking account is December the 10th. And if you know, in Christmas time, ministries, churches suffer, and ministries suffer many times during the month of December because people are spending their money at Walmart and Amazon, and churches and ministries don't get a whole lot of giving in December. And I'm trying to figure out, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, how am I going to do this? What am I gonna, I've only got $500 in my account. What am I going to do? How am I going to figure this out? And then truth came to me. It's like the Lord spoke to me. He said, Ray, stop taking ownership. Said, Ray, 
You think this is about you. You think this is your job. I am the Lord. I'm the owner of all the gold and silver and the cattle on a thousand hills and the earth and the fullness thereof. I own it all. Let go. And I realized I was in sin because I thought it was up to me to be my own provider. And I literally, I went outside. I went outside in my backyard. And I had some bills in my hand. And I, and I went out in my backyard and said, God, God, I receive your truth. Lord, forgive me. Here, I give it to you. I give it to you, Lord. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I surrender. This is not my ministry. It's not up to me to make the money. You're my source. You're my provision. I release it all to you. And I said that prayer, and I let go. Now, I still did my job, but I let go. By the end of the month, by the end of the month, it ended up being the largest financial month we'd ever had in the last 12 months. Money started coming in left and right and sideways, just more than I could ever imagine. Checks in the mail, people paying stuff. That you, I mean, I didn't know where it came from. But you see, I had to find the truth that would set me free. The truth was I was managing something that belonged to God, and I was, I was trying to take control of something that belonged to God. Let me put it that way. I wasn't really managing it. I was trying to control it. And God was not blessing it, but the truth was he's my source. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. He's God of all. He's everything. You have to find the truth. When I found that truth, I was able to overcome a financial series. When I found the truth about God, my healer, I was over, able to overcome muscular dystrophy. When I found my truth about what's going on in our marriage, we're able to quit having conflict. When you find your truth, you'll be free. You've got to know the truth. The truth will make you free. Are you of the truth? Jesus emphasized, I am the truth. What he said was true. What he taught was true. The way he demonstrated was true. The fact that he died on the cross, this truth, and on that cross he took your disease, your shame, your condemnation. He took your poverty. He took every curse against you. He took it all. He took everything. All your guilt, all your shame, all your junk. He took it to the cross, and he died with it. He took it upon himself, everything. And then on the third day, he rose in victory, and by faith, you rise with him. That's the truth that will set you free. Because the truth is, if you know Christ, you died on the cross with him. And if you know Christ, you rose from the dead with him, and you rose in victory. And all that old stuff is still in the grave. Paul says in Romans 6, do you not know you have risen with him? It's no longer I who live. We've risen with Christ. That truth, if you know this and you get this in your spirit and you know that you know that you know. You ever been there where sometimes I know stuff, but sometimes I know that I know that I know that I know? When you get to that point, you get freedom. And then you get healing. You get deliverance. Right now, some of us need to repent and go, you know what, Lord, I've been trying to take control. I'm not really just knowing your truth I'm not knowing, I'm not surrendering, I'm not trusting you, I'm not giving it to you. Lord, there's answers, and I'm trying to figure it out myself instead of seeking the truth. Instead of seeking the truth, I'm trying to figure it out myself. You shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. What Jesus taught, what he did, what he lived, and how he saved us, that is the truth. And so my question is, do you have the truth in you today? Is the truth in you? Are you of the truth? Are you intimately acquainted with the truth? Jesus told Pilate, I am the truth. He told us, I am the truth. He wanted us to know the truth. He wanted us to know that truth will set you free. There's a lot of lies out there that will not set you free. There's a, the world is lying to you. There's a lot of voices out there. 
There's a lot of voices out there, and everybody's saying something different. Who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to believe? We've got to get to the point as the church and as Christians that from now on, Lord, forgive me. I'm going to focus on the truth. I want to know the truth that will set me free, the truth of the Word of God, the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of the Holy Spirit in me, the truth of the, of the crucifixion, the truth of the resurrection. That truth will set you free from disease, from poverty, from shame, from condemnation. That truth can save your marriage, can save your life, can save your children, can save your job. You name it. You name it. That truth will set you free from it. Every scheme of the enemy, the truth of Christ will set you free. How about that scheme of illegitimacy? That's a huge one. You know, never feeling like you measure up, never feeling like you're, you're good enough, always trying to prove yourself not really, not really feel, feeling insecure, unworthy, shame, all that kind of stuff. What's the truth? You're a child of God. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're a member of the royal priesthood. You're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. That's the truth, amen? And that'll set you free from illegitimacy, from unworthiness, from shame, from condemnation. The truth is I'm, I'm not loved. <laughs> What's the truth? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Amen? So as I close today, I just want to know, are you of the truth? Do you know the truth, the truth of Christ? And the way to get to know that truth is through salvation. See, when you get saved, you get born again. And the truth of Christ comes to live in you. And let me tell you something. When you're saved, the answer to every problem you've ever had, including eternal life, comes to live within you. The answer to everything. Are you of the truth? Do you want the truth? Do you want the truth? Do you want that truth of God? No, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by him. You want that intimate relationship with God? You want the truth that will give you answer to your job, to your marriage, to your health, to your finances? You want that truth? You get that truth in you the moment you get saved and the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen? So what I wanted to do as we get ready to close is I just wanted to offer a call. Amen? A call, an offer, an invitation to accept the truth today. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I've never really asked Jesus to be my Savior. I've never really asked Jesus to come be the truth and live in my heart. Let me tell you how it works. There's a prayer that I think is very truthful. The prayer goes like this. Dear God, I've sinned. I have failed. But I believe today that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus went to the cross and died on the cross to pay the price for all my failures. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. I believe, Father, that you can save me. I ask you now, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. I receive your forgiveness now. I receive your salvation now. Maybe you've just, you've heard that. Maybe this convicted you. No condemnation that you need to say that prayer. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I did this in the first service. Let's pray that together. How about that? Would, would your church, would y'all pray that with me? Let's just pray it together, okay? I think it's a good thing. Pray with me. Can you stand up? Would that be okay? Can you sit down? No, just kidding. 
You pray with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and that you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day. And I believe, Father, that by faith I died with you and I rose with you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Send your Holy Spirit into me. Save me. Adopt me. Redeem me. Justify me. I receive your salvation now. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So listen, if you said that prayer for the first time, we're going to have some, uh, a couple of prayer people down here, I believe. Please come down and speak to the prayer warriors or the prayer altar team. If you need Christy and I to pray for you over anything, uh, we're here for, be here for a few minutes. If anything we can do to bless you, I want to thank uh, Liberty Church and everybody for, for inviting Christy and I to come today. It's really an honor. I do mean that. Thank you for putting up with all my corniness. You know, I get a little silly, but I'm very serious about Jesus. I'm very serious about the Holy Spirit. I'm very serious about the Word of God. I like to have a little bit of fun, but in my heart, I want you to know I'm as serious as you can possibly be about my Lord and Savior Jesus and about the truth that will make you free. Amen. God bless you.